welcome to Keeping It Real with Beth and Darren. We started our show when the pandemic first hit, and now, about a million days later, we're still doing it. Or 90. Or 90-ish. So listen in, laugh, chat with us, but all I can tell you is that we're going to be keeping it real every single time. Hello, everyone. We're getting sloppy with our start times. I was, I'm sorry, I was trying to do too much today. I tried to get a lot accomplished and I didn't. Uh... You can't take people's time for granted. I know. You know? I'm sorry. I'm when you sorry. say 10.30, it was supposed to be 10.30, not 10.33. People out there got plans, they got things to do this weekend. Okay? Uh, and, for and of course, I sat down on, on, this, on, the wet, on, the... on a wet chair. Let me see if this, this uh, thing is a little better. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. That, gonna... that sat in the wet spot there. So. Yeah. I'm gonna ha- now I'm on a high chair. Oh, look at that! I like that. <laughs> Is that better? That's much better. How's everybody doing today? We took a walk this morning, Dunkin' Donuts. Beth said, you should probably put a jacket on. I said, really? She said, yes, trust me, you're gonna get a jacket. Like 60-something degrees. So I said, Make, check the weather again. And she was right. It was a little chilly. And I'm, right. still, I'm still wearing my jacket. I got my DePaul jacket yeah, last week. Yeah, he, he spent some some, uh, some coin on the jacket. So I really gotta, do not you know. like spending money on myself for certain things, for like clothes. I'm terrible about buying stuff. I said, when I went into the store with Dylan and Beth, I said, you know, that looks pretty nice. And they're like, get it. I'm like, really? Should I? And finally, I was like, yep get it and I did that was about the biggest splurge I had on myself all year so I'm yeah. happy I got it I'm glad you got it I'm happy for you Th- thank you uh, last night we had a good dinner it was time Beth took a break from cooking it was very much uh, a much needed break a very long week so we ordered from what was it jungle yeah jungle uh, Jamaican food it was delicious we've ordered it from there before I had the oxtail which was Phenomenal. I don't know if anybody out there likes oxtail, but I love oxtail. Rebecca loves oxtail. Dylan, I think, likes it too, but Rebecca really likes it. Um, and I also had, sorry, peppered shrimp. And it reminded me when I was in Treasure Beach. When I had mm. peppered shrimp, we would go and Darren James would take us uh, when we would go to uh, Dungeon. Yes. Um, no, not Dungeon, but YS Falls. YS Falls, yeah. And we would stop along the side of the road in Jamaica and these. Uh, People sold peppered shrimp alongside. And I always love picking them up. So the peppered shrimp that I got yesterday reminded me. Did it taste like it? Not, not definitely fun. not as good as when we were in Jamaica, but it was it was very nice. Uh, like it reminded me of it, which I missed terribly. And then it made me start thinking about Treasure Beach, Jamaica. And I was saying to Beth, Oh God, they must be struggling so much right now with lack of tourism. But then Beth responded, well, maybe they're getting people from... From Kingston. There's a lot of very um, wealthy families in Kingston that go to... Treasure yes, there Beach are. And they have There's a lot of money in Kingston. There's a lot. And in fact, that um, villa or that we stayed at just for the day, Seaweed, they said that the, he was like an oil... So, I don't know, tycoon from Kingston, and he bought it, and he rented out, and it's but I'm telling you, everybody, when it's time for you to start traveling again, you got to go to Treasure Beach, Jamaica. That's all I need to say about that. So we had our dinner last night, and then we were watching TV, and I don't know why I'm always a sucker for it. Like, the movie that I'm always a sucker for, if it's on, is The Karate Kid. Oh. I said, 
It was just the last half hour, you know. The I was, you know, I was looking at it, and I gotta tell you, the one thing that I found with that movie, I mean, Ralph Macchio was like 120 pounds wet, and then he's like, like against the guy who's like 200 pounds, you really gonna knock him out? Like, come on! I mean, that part of it really was pretty far fetched. But like, I said, my, my, my favorite. But more. I don't know what it is, but I, I just can't. I can't pull myself away from the screen. My favorite part in Karate Kid is when Danny or Ralph Macchio's after he gets his leg really injured and he's going and he's going into the, goes into the room and his his mom comes in and said you did a, you did a great job and Allie came in did a great job and he's like get away from me get out of here I don't want to talk to you and then Mr Miyagi's in there he's like how do you fix it and, and he's fix like Mr Miyagi you gotta fix this for me. And he's like, it's okay, Daddy. You, you did well enough. And he goes, I'm never gonna have balance that way. And then he says, okay, close your eyes. And then he goes, boom. And, and then, then and that's the, the, the that's back out there. That's out. That was that's my favorite part. I'm like, yeah. I, I gotta see that part. Well, there's now there's a show on, um, I think it's Netflix or something. It's Netflix or Amazon. Cobra Kai, like oh. that. Yeah. So everybody's talking about it, and it's the original. So it's Ralph Macchio. It's that guy. Martin Who, Cove. Who's the guy with the blonde guy? What's William his name? Zapta? Yeah, Zapta? yeah, whoever the Popka? blonde kid Zapta? was. Was it Johnny or something? I don't John, know. Yes, Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so Johnny's yeah. in it. All right. So. It's on now? Yeah. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna to watch it, and I know be very disappointed. But I don't know. Some people really <laughs> like it. I don't know. So, Mom, I don't know if you're watching, but um, I hope you are. Uh, so, everybody, Mom got transferred yesterday from the hospital, thank God, to... A rehab facility uh, called Margaret Teets, yes. and um, very happy about that. She's seems like she's she's doing better, but there's a long road ahead for recovery. And she's an impatient woman. She's an impatient yeah. patient. She's an impatient patient, but um, there's a lot of work needs to be done, and uh, we are here to uh, to help. So, Mom, we love you very much, and hoping that we can. Uh, Get this moving and get you out of there as soon as possible. Um, you know it doesn't affect us, but I, you know it's every day seems to be getting worse and worse. And these wildfires on the West Coast—they're just devastating. Yeah. And um, Oregon, I, I do know somebody who lives in Oregon. I think you do too, don't you? Have a friend? No, she moved. Oh, she moved. Yeah. I have an old fraternity brother. Bend, like people were in Bend, Oregon. That's like a really nice area to live. But it's 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 really devastating what's going on out there, and it's so easy for us here on the East Coast not to really pay attention to it or you know put, give any mind to it. But it really shouldn't. You got to pay attention to what's going on out there. It's really very sad and very scary the amount of people um, that are being displaced and. Unfortunately, there seems to be quite a few people who are being giving warnings to move and to leave, and they're not taking it that seriously, and they're not taking it seriously for a lot of reasons, one of them being because they think this is very political for some reason, that they think that there are certain political groups that are setting fires when there's really uh. no substantive truth to it. So they're staying back and trying to protect their homes, and they're taking something that, you know, you're, you're taking your own lives into your own hands by, by continuing to stay. So if you know anybody out there, I don't know if you do, that uh, you can encourage to get up and move out, that, you know, whose safety is in question, you should really reach out to them and tell them to do so. I don't know if anybody does, but who knows? Maybe some people 
who are watching know some people in Oregon who were being impacted by this, or California or Washington, but the fact that there's politics being brought into something where we, like, like a national, everything, like everything, a, like a national, uh, you know, <laughs> tragedy that that's going on out there. Um, we we got to stop. I mean, at a certain point, just look out for each other as human beings and stop questioning motives. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's so, like, see a fire, don't blame it on the... Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You see a fire, damn Run. it, go. <laughs> you see, right, don't start questioning if it's, is it just, is it, you know, misinformation, who, who who's spreading these lies. Good morning, Al. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what's going on in the West Coast. Um, do you know who Ronald Callis Bell is? No. Oh, your mom's on. Good morning, Mom. Ronald Callis Bell. Okay. He is the one who wrote the song Celebration, Cool in the Gang. Oh, was he part of the Cool in the Gang? Yes. Oh, he was. Okay. And he unfortunately passed away at the age of 68. Oh, that's not too but that's a, funny he, But that's, you know, there's... That's like every certain, bar mitzvah, certain, wedding, everybody exactly. had that. Exactly. That's why I'm mentioning. Yeah. Like everybody who's there's had a... There's a party going right, on, what, right? Seriously, yeah. what party have you ever been to, maybe in the 80s or 90s? Maybe not so much today. They should still be playing it They today. may still. Right? I think they, they do, yeah. Right, where they haven't still played the song you. Celebration. Let's be around you. what is it? And your mm. laughter too. You. I think that's a group that's I think that's a group that is not appreciated enough over time. Cool in the game. Yeah, they were good. They Remember are that very Joanna, good. They cool. Are you sure that's cool? That is cool in the game. That right? is. <laughs> but he unfortunately um, passed away. Sounds like too too young. Mm. The other person, interestingly, who I may have heard of before, but it doesn't seem like it really rang a bell. Woman who passed away. She was pretty significant uh, influence in women's history. Her name is Sheer Height, H-I-T-E. Okay. And no, I'm not doing this just to be just, just to throw in risque topics. This was a New York Times article. Okay, so don't start giving me. Here we go. <laughs> and good morning to Gina yeah, and to Kevin. Good morning, Sheer Height, who revolu revolutionized the female female sexuality died at 77 and she was a very controversial figure because she published a book called the height report and the height report basically came out and said that women in terms of fulfillment sexually have a lot of other ways to explore other than through sexual intercourse with men and that book the height report was met with such anger and such protests especially by the Christian right, that she ended up leaving the U.S. in 1996, gave up her American passport, and ended up going to Europe. In 1996? Mm -hmm. So that's crazy. That's yep. like not. That's it, like uh, I, I, modern I, times. I know. I mean, Dr. Ruth was hot I, in the I, 90s. Well, I, I believe it was, 19, it was 1996, but this book called The Height Report, H-I-T-E, was a tremendous book at the time, very polarizing. Wow. And she ended up writing a second book, I think, The Height Report for Men. Um, not, she, as controversial not as controversial. Not as controversial. Men are like, hey, what's that? But she sponsored by Viagra. But no, she she actually had a lot of women uh, like Gloria Steinem coming to her defense. There were she's a she's a big name 
Wow. In women's history. I want you, you should know. Okay, should um, know. <laughs> I didn't know. I knew about Dr. Ruth. I and, didn't know about this lady. And anybody out there, you should go and get yourself a copy of the, uh, the Height Report. The Height Report. Look, H -I you, you found it out. <laughs> you learn a lot of things that keep it real. Hey, right? We could, we, right. Our discussions encompass all the. Mm. Ex that's, no, exactly right, Kevin. She was ahead of her time. It, she certain she definitely was. So she died at 77. Okay. Um, another very interesting article, if you get a chance to read in the New York Times, about the difficult position that black police captains have during this time. Mm. And it's very interesting, the position that, um, again, black police officer captains in particular in command of their departments have during all of this social unrest and you get a chance to read it they basically on the one hand they realize that reforms need to be made and uh the social injustices that we've seen with you know police brutality and and with minorities they obviously know and appreciate that change is needed they also have to respond to their own police departments and try to find a way to keep law and order and make sure that social justice versus rioting versus you know criminals versus those social activists like threading the needle them is a very difficult task and very stressful i can't imagine how stressful it must be when you have your your career and your profession on one side and then you have the, you know, your own social uh, justice needs on the other and trying to find a way to balance the two. I would imagine it's got to be extremely stressful to be in that position. Now, I believe you can, you know, I believe you can find a way to bring everything together and hopefully, um, hopefully they do with a clear conscience and, and feel like they can able to, um, you know, service both the, the social justice as well as doing what's necessary for the police department. But it's a, it's a very challenging to do. And um, I thought the article was very interesting. You should definitely read it. I think you would like it. Okay. Um, moving on. You know what I find very frustrating? At first, when I heard about it, I didn't think it was real. But then I started seeing it myself. How many places don't take cash? A lot now. A lot of places yeah. do not take cash. And a lot of places don't have change either. A lot of places don't have change. So they basically tell you, unless you have exact change, who has exact change for anything? I forgot. They, you have to use a credit card. I find it ridiculous. I do. I, I'm sorry. I, I find it absolutely ridiculous. I find it unacceptable. I find the whole change shortage nonsense a bunch of BS. I really do. And I think it's just more of an inconvenience rather than an actual shortage. You gotta go out. You gotta go make change. You gotta. As a store, as a business, you got to find a way that you can keep enough change on hand to make exact change. Oh, so I think some people don't even know how to add. That's another whole other thing. But what, and this is something <laughs> that I, I, I don't generally agree with a lot of regulations. I do agree with this one. Okay, New York City, as of November 19th, is going to be requiring most stores and restaurants to accept to cash. accept cash. And you know it's so funny because remember, like you, like what's the one that we go to in Queens where they only accept cash? That's that's a whole mm. that's a whole other reason. Don Pepe, right? They I only accept it. There's a reason for that too. Well, hey, every, every, everybody's ay, got a ay, reason for that. Hey, but I, I'll bring but my I cash to but Don But I'm not Pepe. sure people realize this. There is there prior. To 
to New York City and other cities doing this. There is no actual law that states any business has to accept cash as a form of currency or as a form of trade for, for commerce. So there's nothing that requires right now businesses to accept cash. We all just take it for granted that places will or do or did prior to the pandemic. I think they should. It is. I, I, I personally think you should be required to accept cash as a currency. It's that's the reason why cash was put to get you know put in place to begin with. It's an easy way for transacting and for barter. The reason why they're really in New York City, their motives for requiring the, the use of cash is because unfortunately there are many disenfranchised, economically disadvantaged people who don't have any other source of currency other than cash. So if they're, if stores are requiring them to only use a credit card, then you can't. Yeah, but here's the thing: you can see if you have a. I mean, the thing is, like, you would you would hope that somebody has a bank account because you can deposit. Like, you can if you have Venmo or even PayPal, that can pull right from your checking account. So if you're putting money into your that's checking, true. that's that's considered cash. So what they're just saying is you don't have to put it on a credit card. You could easily use your other source because they do accept a lot of those forms of, of well, like Venmo too. and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and PayPal. PayPal also like works as like a, a cash type exchange. Well, the signs I see don't say anything about PayPal or, your debit or card. Venmo or anything like that. But I, you could use your debit card. But the, but, but you are but there are people that don't necessarily go to the bank and, and I'm deposit. curious, Kevin, Kevin, what's Katz's Jelly? Yeah, what's Katz's Jelly? What's, they, what's their situation? Are they requiring um, exact change? Do you have to pay in matzo balls? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin must be, it's going to be busy. It's a Jewish holiday coming up. Oh my God. Katz yeah, this is like going to be on the How do we get an order in? I'd huh? love to put an order in. Oh it's my only going to be like for the two of us. When I, We always used to have like all these people and this this is the first know, Rosh we Hashanah. Got, we, we got Rosh Hashanah coming up. I know. Oh. It's hard. He had to bring in his own change. Wow. Is it really that hard? I just find it so unbelievable that it could be that difficult. I guess it is, but it's really frustrating. I guess we need to go into mining to make more coins. Where do you find copper? Well, we have a lot in our house. We do. We could actually help out a lot of businesses. We could just drop it off at Dunkin' Donuts. Let's do that. We've got to make sure we start using our change more. All right. I'll get right on that. Okay, for you dog lovers out there, which is us included, if you find out about this video of the CEO of this consulting firm, EBI Consulting, his name is Jeffrey Previtt, P-R-V-I-T-E, there is a video that they have on him abusing his poor dog. Oh, oh I heard about this. Yep, they caught him on tape, and he basically pulled the pit bull up by the ears and by the neck and brought him outside and then smacked him. I tell you, when you see that, you want to take the guy, you want to take him by the neck and throw him against the wall. So he got caught on video. He made a public apology, basically said that's not who he is. Yes, that is who you are. Who the hell, who the hell hurts an animal? That's terrible. Right? I mean, seriously, who the hell does that? You have to, you have to be the lowest form of of, of scum in order to hurt an animal. I really, I really believe that. Child, child abuse is terrible, I, and so don't get my words wrong by that. Nobody should ever hit a child. But to hit a defenseless animal, you really have to be going down to a different level, because at least, at least a child can say something, right? Can 
right. sort of say something, can hopefully say something to somebody, do something. An animal has no recourse whatsoever. That's, that's how I look at it. So if you if you taking your anger out on an animal, you, you really are just a disgusting, repugnant person. Uh, I'm sorry. I had, I had So if anybody hears this CEO, Jeffrey Previtt, and you have a chance to send him a message through Facebook, Telling what a disgusting human being is. Yeah, that's really. I mean, can, can you imagine what he's like as a boss? And that's why. And that's why it comes back to like. They should feed him to the dog. Yeah. It, it, exactly, and it, and that's why I come back to like Michael Vick and the fact that like he was what he was doing with these dogs and the NFL sort of found a way to accept him back. Like, why? Why would you? Why would you do that? He is also just a disgraceful person. Sorry, I have I have no. Your mom, the lowest form of humanity. Exactly. I I was what. I knew you'd come in sooner or later, yeah. Mom. I knew, I, She's typing uh, away. I knew it. From, she from didn't, Margaret she, she didn't have much energy last night, but she has enough energy to say that. Good. Um, Mets won big. Really? Against the Blue Jays. And the reason why it's good is because this is not like the second time they got tremendous amount of run support for the main guy on that team, which is Jacob DeGrom. So I don't want to get too psyched. I don't want to get too pumped up. But it seems like maybe it's just, just just a little bit of hope for this team for this year. Not much. I don't want to get sucked in. All right. But if they win a couple more, it could be good. It could be. You, you can basically start to believe again. And I hate to even think that because it only ends up breaking my heart. But that's the that's that's what it's like to be a Mets fan. Right. To realize you that get to the end. To realize your like... team. To realize that your team sucks. Okay. Then to have glimmers and flashes of hope. To make you start thinking that it's not as bad as it really is when it really is that bad, okay? <laughs> you get sucked back in only to get pounded again. All right. That's the, that's the life but of. But there's hope. They won the, twice. That's the life of a mess. They won thing. twice within like you know, whatever. Right, and, I mean, maybe in 2026 it could be their year. And to, what year? 2026. <laughs> Jeez, that's a long time. <laughs> oh, God. That's, that's, that's a, a long, long time. That's a long time. Six years, like five and a half years. <laughs> not that long. Now, it be not that bad. Now, if you think Mets fans are somewhat disturbed, which we are, this is really disturbing. Okay, I can't believe that a person would go to this length for some money. But this is this will go. This story goes to show the length that some people truly will go to make a buck. This Slovenian woman deliberately cut off her hand oh. to get 1.2 million dollars in an insurance fraud scheme and this scheme that she had was put together by she and her boyfriend okay. what I so I, I had did they sew her they, hand back on they did get the hand back on okay um oh that's just awful and I don't think she's getting the 1.2 million dollars Oh my God! What but a here's dummy. but here's how I have I have one question on it, and then I also have a, a little bit of a uh, a movie that it reminds me of. The first question is when the woman and the man, the boyfriend, are coming up with this this scheme. Yeah. For to get 1.2 million dollars, how do the two of them discuss and decide who's going to be the one to cut their hand off? Oh. Right. Can you yeah, imagine? That's just... Hi, good morning, Lucia. Yeah, like, good morning, Denise. We missed saying good morning. So, to if Denise you, too. so if you have if you have a partner, a loved one, and you're going to try to come up with an, an elaborate scam to defraud somebody from money, and it's going to involve self mutilation, right? Which is what this. I'm was. not uh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, 
Well, you get nervous when I'm like cutting a cucumber. You're hey. always like you're. Uh, this week you were like getting nervous. You, I, was, hey. I think I was cutting like chicken cutlets, hey. and you were you were like that's making like maybe me very if they, nervous. Like maybe if they said, okay, you cut off your right pinky, I'll cut off my left pinky, or something like yeah, that. Like, the tip like, of a, but otherwise, how are they decide? Like that's just nuts, right? Why couldn't he like maybe if she fell down the stairs or I don't know? And you know what movie this reminded me of? Although it's not to the same extent and not self mutilation, but it's something involving harming the other person in some way. But it was about insurance fraud. Do you know what movie it was? No. It involved Nicole Kidman. Which one? And it involved Alec Baldwin. Come on, you gotta know this movie. Oh, I don't this is a great movie. Okay, what movie? Malice. Oh yeah, okay. Movie Malice, where basically he botches, I think it was a, a pregnancy or a surgery for her, and really messes her up, and it messes her to the point that she has to end up getting, you know, she ends up filing a lawsuit. But he, Alec Baldwin, was in. He was the doctor. Oh, do you actually, want to know the only why I know about this? Because Dylan did a monologue. Yes. He did the, he he did, did the Malice Dylan, monologue by the, Alec Baldwin. He did the Malice monologue. I remember him doing it. I was like, that's that's what I remember I in the movie. That's there are times funny. I like Alec Baldwin. There are times I can I can't stand them. But that is one of the best monologues in a movie. Is when they basically ask Alec Baldwin because he's defending himself in the malpractice lawsuit that was filed against him because of what he did to Nicole Kidman, but it was actually deliberate. He they actually ask him, "What do you think you're God?" You know, I don't know something like I. He basically says, "I am God." In, in the that part. was the that yeah, was the monologue. You guys, who do you think's in there with those patients when they're so and so? Maybe we should like I should wake Dylan. We gotta up, wake Dylan up and get and him I'll to do, have him Alec... do the monologue. I think that's what I want to do. Yeah, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, that's exactly a... what our son wants this morning. <laughs> He'd be woken up to do camera. an impression. To be doing an impression. That's what we were doing when he was making him making him play guitar all the time. Play us music. Play us music now. Yeah. Um. You know, you always hear about teachers spending money. Yeah. For supplies. For their own students out of pocket for school. Do you, yeah. you, do you hear that a lot? Yeah, I do. Do you, well, do you know the average of, the average amount of money that the American teacher spends per year on supplies for students in school? Thousand dollars. That's it, you're not far off. It's, it's somewhat high. Four hundred and fifty-nine dollars wow. of their own money is spent on school supplies each year. I I can't believe that that. I just don't understand it. Like, why does that happen? I, I know people, teachers, I always heard about it, but this is the first time I've actually seen it quantified where the average amount that teachers actually spend for school supplies. Their own because students. they're like, decorating the room or they're doing extra things that are not, they're not given a budget and saying, here's $500, buy your no, supplies. No, but I don't, think it's, I don't think it's for decorations. I don't think this is, I think this is stuff that the students actually need. Like for, no, not like their books. Like the textbooks and stuff like that are part of the whole process. But it's more like, yeah, classroom organization. Exactly. It's oh. like when you put the stuff up on the walls and each is, month you change it out and you go that, to the Learning Express store and you buy nice things for your bulletin boards. That's not in there. They don't give them a budget for that. Is that what they mean by that when they yeah. say for the amount of money out of pocket? Are you sure? Yes. Like, yes. That's why when you see like these donors choose things, it's like I'm doing a curriculum on, I don't know, some like whatever 20th century history and i'm gonna i want to do this whole thing can you fund my project they never have like can you fund my bulletin boards you know <laughs> i'd i like to have they don't do that right storage exactly that's what it is so it's they're taking the okay. money to make their room more you know nicer. it's like a dorm room i 
I think it's spent on supplies too. I think it's I do think it's spent on stuff outside of just making the room look nice. I think it's stuff that students actually need sometimes. Like, well, you, you're given a list of what you're supposed to bring in. There are kids, unfortunately, in communities where they can't afford it. So if they need pens and notebooks and things like that, and, you know. But that shouldn't fall on the oh, teacher. Lucia, see, school districts purchase. Supplies. I know they do, but I'm saying that, uh, my overall point is is that teachers should never be out of pocket for any. Of well, here's the thing: there should be a discretionary budget for teachers if you want to decorate your room here's five hundred dollars right decoration. whatever it is right, right. the teacher knows this is what your budget is this right. is what's going to be this what, I, I have no problem with that but like if there's stuff that the school's too slow and getting money you know reimbursed or whatever it is teachers should just not be out of pocket period. okay um, or you just maybe get it from the pta there's got to be other places like you know call your local money. pta um, and speaking of education and teachers, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the National Merits, the National yes. Merit Scholarship semifinalist here in New Rochelle. Yes. Um, what are the names here? Let's see. We have Zane Snyder. We have Maya Cole. We have Dev Arbiter. Mm -hmm. And the last one we also know here because we know the sister who went to school with Rebecca, who was also, I believe, a National Merit Scholarship of course she finalist. Was. Okay, so it She's stays in the family. Harvard. The last one is Wenting, W-E-N-T-I-N-G-U-Y-U. -E her so sister those, is Wendy Yu, who and is who is. Uh, who is going to be the president of this country yeah, one Wendy, day. Yeah, Wendy, well, no, she's, she wants to, I think, be a neurosurgeon, but she and was then, in... And then president. She was, <laughs> uh, but she's also an artist, and she plays the violin. So she's... She, I, I mean, it's almost like Condoleezza Rice. Like, she was a concert she, pianist, you she, know? There is nothing that this... Oh, yeah, Wendy, Wendy is like... Could, there's nothing... Wendy was taking calculus in, in, in third middle, grade. In middle school. No, she <laughs> no, was. Not third, I guess no, not third not grade. Not third grade, but middle school. It's pretty yes, amazing. But congratulations. So her sister... Obviously, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Her sister Wenting is now. Yeah. I, I can't Amazing. wait to see what school she gets I into. I can't wait to it's see. It's very impressive. Um, and since we're staying on the school topic, real quick, before I hand it over to the lovely lady to my right, um, if you are looking for options for your kids uh, for remote learning and you want to go on a vacation at the same time, Four Seasons at Walt Disney oh, is nice. now offering a schoolcation. It's basically supervised schoolwork sessions where the kids can wow. know, have sessions during the day. The parents can go out and have some fun and do whatever they want to do. The kids, after their school sessions are done, can enjoy all the amenities and activities that you can get when you're down in the Disney area. I think it's a brilliant idea. So really you can go is. away to four seasons. I thought you were going to tell them about the A-game well, we remote we have, learning. Yes, but parents can't really go on a you vacation. You can't go on a schoolcation. A-game sport and does you. have a remote learning setup, okay? I'm not going to use this platform right now to start promoting it. You can go and check out our website to find out more information. But I was really wanting to talk about the four seasons. Well, I, I think that's very smart. So okay. if you, so I think the concept of schoolcation, though, is kind of cool. Schoolcation. Yeah. Why not? You can learn anywhere. Exactly. It, there are college students who've set themselves up in Hawaii in hotels that's to do this. So awesome. Right. So, on that note, I'm going to let you educate all of us. Okay. About I was. Uh, yeah. I was. I was busy working on the questions. Like I, I had like down to the wire today, so I got it. All okay. right. Your word of the day. Person. Perspicacious. Smart, wise. Wow.
I couldn't even right. like, I, at first of all, I could hardly pronounce it. Perscapacious. Having keen mental perception and understanding, discerning. I like to think that I am once in a while and then I'm in a fog, others. Right. Okay. <laughs> Trivia question number one. What's Come on closer to me. Come on. All right. Come on in. I'm falling over though. I don't want to get wet. All right. All right. What's the hardest rock? Igneous. No. <laughs> marble. No, no, because marble's porous. Uh, it's granite. Like, <laughs> it's this. It's this. Di oh, the diamond. Diamond. Oh, diamond. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm wearing a hard rock uh, on my hey. fingers. Oh, okay. I totally so, forgot about diamonds. <laughs> interesting. You know, if you think about it, the Hard Rock Cafe. Maybe they meant a diamond. Yeah, why don't they call themselves a diamond cafe? They don't call themselves diamonds because it would sound like a strip club. <laughs> um, what is the largest bone? Diamond strip, it, strip club's got to be hurting right now, too. <laughs> I'm just saying, since you mentioned See, strip all club. the women know diamonds, right, ladies? That's this is even during the hard times. The hardest rock have... is the hardest rock to come by. Yes, exactly. Um, although next year, I think it's time for an upgrade. It's, oh, did I say that a lot? You did. 25 <laughs> years. I think it's time for something nice. All right. What's the largest bone in the human body? Denise said, notice the women knew. Of course we do. Largest, largest bone. You should know this. I think your mom is going to know this, too. Oh, the, the femur? Yes. The femur. Yes. The femur. Um, oh, and, and so uh, and Denise backs me on <coughs> on the diamond purchase. Okay, name the Spanish artist, sculptor, and draftsman famous for, or draftsman, famous for co-founding the Cubist movement. Brenda with femur, nice one. Lucia with femur, everybody's with femur, good job. Everybody knows there's their uh, anatomy. <laughs> Excellent. I think if Ivy's still on, she'll know this. I don't know. Anyone with this artist, the Spanish artist, sculptor, draftsman, famous for co-founding the Cubist movement? Anyone? Bueller. Bueller. Anyone? Anyone? Pablo Picasso. Oh. It was easy, right? See? Uh, Sometimes it's just right uh, in front of your face. Interestingly enough, I'll never forget when I was in labor with Becca and we were at my friend Beth's apartment and she had, I guess it was like a replica of a Picasso on her wall and while I was having contractions I had I kept on like visualizing this crazy looking like portrait of a lady that I would just like focus on every time I was like hit with a contraction. So I'll never forget that and I believe that was a, a Picasso like replica huh. or something like that. Anyway, so. What year was Walt Disney born? Since you said the whole Disney uh, schoolcation idea. Eighteen ninety. Uh, close, but he was at, he was born in nineteen oh one. I'm not that far off. Okay. What pop vocal group performs at the wedding in Bridesmaids? Oh. 
gives me an opportunity to sing. Come on. Wilson Phillips. Of course. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Whatever. <laughs> That's their only one song. No, they had a lot. Oh, they did not have a lot. Of, they may have had a lot of songs. They didn't have a lot of good songs. Uh, their, uh, that whole album was terrific. 1901, Lucia. Great job. Didn't, Car didn't Carney Wilson, like, she lost a lot of weight, didn't she? Yeah, and then she had a talk show. She had a talk show when I did the PR. She, her talk show came out the same year as Tempest Bledsoe. Remember I did that show? Oh, Tempest oh, Bledsoe. She yeah. was a handful. Yeah. She was not the nicest no. person in the world. But anyway. Um... For which 1964 musical blockbuster did Julie Andrews win the Academy Award for Best Actress? Sound of Music. No. You would think that would have been the answer, but no. But I'd be wrong. You would be wrong. Say it again, 1964. 1964 musical blockbuster did she win the Academy Award for Best Actress? Oh, um, Mary Poppins. Yes, and Gina got it before you. So Gina oh, gets the Gina answer. Gina, me. Gina to the buzzer. <laughs> that was good. All right. Who did Hank Aaron hit career home run number 715 off of in 1974? Oh, Laura's came in with Camelot. Nope, it was Mary Poppins. Which pitcher or which team? It just said, what? who did he hit the career home run off of? Oh, that's a great question. I should know this and I Thank don't. You. That's a really good question. Oh, man. 1974? Yep. Good job, Kevin. Mary Poppins. Wow, what made you come up with this question? This is a great question. I search all over the internet. I go into different categories. I, I'm like, I run all over the place. Ready? Mm -hmm. Al Downing. Did you know that name? I, I do know it. I, I, it's a little I, hard. I, yeah, that's a hard question. That's All a right. great. That's a great trivia question. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm as proud a of sports you. question. That's a great. Yep. All right, this should be easier. Raging Bull, the classic 1980 movie, is about which real life boxer? Jake LaMotta. See, that was fast. That was fast. Very good. All right, now. This is because today we were going to, we went to Dunkin' Donuts for our usual walk with Santana on the weekends, and then Darren wanted to get a bagel. But there were two guys outside the bagel store that were not wearing masks, and they looked like they came, they kind of were the guys that worked in the West Virginia yeah, um, one of the fast Burger food places, King. Fast food places. I was a little bit concerned. Anyway, so Darren said, let's just leave. Let's get out of here. So yeah, he didn't. It was crowded. Like, and there I was, was like, a you know line, what? and he didn't want to be like it was. A just it just was a little uncomfortable. It was annoying. So we're gonna get a bagel after, but before we do, and I know that that the ladies are gonna know this, but and and Kevin may know this too. What are the gr ingredients to make a bagel? <clears throat> now there's the I could do one that's even that's a light type of bagel, but don't, this is like don't the full call one. that. Let's not call what you make as bagels, okay? Oh, not... hello from cousin Wendy and hello, cousin Fran. Hello, Wendy. And and her mom, they're together. Hi, Hi. Fran. Mwah. Nice so to see you, you guys. Now they should know because they, they owned a, a bakery, the Maltzmans. Well, they had the best stuff, so they know how to make a bagel. Wendy, what are the ingredients <laughs> to make a bagel? Um, Tell me. I've been up yeast, flour. Okay, that's a cup. Yes, flour, water, salt. Um, and it's got to be New York water. Yeah, oh, she's in New Jersey. Okay, yeah, New York water. 
Um, those are the, the main ones, but you could also add some other things. So I'll, I'll anybody have any extra? Everybody, flour, water, salt, boom, boom, boom. Okay, <laughs> so you could also add egg, Greek yogurt, sugar. Who said Greek? Hold on. Poppy seeds, baking powder, <laughs> baker's yeast. Nobody That's like a little it. bit, you know. Da what? Nobody said anything about Greek yogurt. The, the lighter version. <laughs> See? Look at that. Yeast salt. That's what Lucia said. And, and again, flour. and again, if we're going to call these real bagels, it's got to be New York water. End of, okay. End of story. All right. Well, anyway. So that was, uh, that was our... Um, Anything else besides New York water for bagels is called bread. All right, now this is gonna, you're gonna be able to name this and you're gonna get annoyed with me because you don't like this, but I love this. So <laughs> I'm just warning you right now. This is the name that movie portion of the day. All right. I'm just waiting to see. Oh, wait, no, wait, I gotta skip this. I gotta skip this. Is that video. Album in the channel? <laughs> no, it's so annoying. I'm skipping it. Okay, here we go. Here we go. You're gonna know this. Everybody's gonna know this. Come on, let's go. Uh, ready? One word, one one like second. Yeah, I know it's movie. See, I, okay, so both of our kids are in college, so I'm just like living vicariously through my children right now. So this is me, 1986, driving. <laughs> over and over again. My Mazda 323. Can they hear it? Yeah, do you hear it? Who's with me? <laughs> Who was there back then? Come on. Who had this in there? Who had this as a cassette? Who's going to admit it? Who's going to admit it? This was a soundtrack. Yes, Laura. Laura first. Very it good. Is a good. I will say it is a good Come song. Come on. What's his name? John Parr? Yes. Okay. Has Excellent. he done any of the songs that are worth noting or not really? I don't know. Oh, oh look I'm... at look at Rob Lowe. Oh, was it? They, they filmed it at St. at um, University of Maryland. University of Maryland. Right? Even I know that. Yeah, and saying almost fire, right, Alex? And uh, yeah, they filmed it there. And my cousin Cindy, so Wendy will appreciate this. My cousin Cindy went to University of Maryland, and I remember like my brother looking at the school, and Cindy was in a sorority house, so we got to see that, and I was just like so in awe. I mean, I was a kid at that point. I was, I wasn't even, you know, I was only 14 years old looking at, at uh, or 13, hey. looking at at uh, University of Maryland. Great very cool. Campus. It was very cool. And now our kids are, we said, Chicago, Philly, back Represent, again. Representing all the cities. <laughs> We're here in New York doing this. Right, exactly. Listening actually, to St. Elmo's Fire. Yes, but we actually got to get to Queens because we got to run some we errands. Got, we got to run some errands for mom. Yes, so we got to take we, care we gotta, of uh, important things. <laughs> all right, everybody. So it is a gorgeous day. I, seriously, it's like picture perfect, so please go outside and do something where you can get a chance to enjoy the outdoors. <laughs> Unexplainable I, Laura, grudge on Andrew I, McCarthy. I, 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 I was a Rob Lowe. I, Mine was a Rob Lowe thing. Like We're going to have to talk about this yeah. Andrew McCarthy thing. I, I, find, yeah. <laughs> I find Andrew McCarthy to be a little disturbing. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> I can understand why you might have a crush on him at the time, but it, there's some things about him that it just troubled me. I don't know. Yeah, he was... I do like him. But there's some parts when I see his facial expressions, I'm like, man, I want to punch him in the face. Oh, come on. Oh, no. Come that's on. Like, all right. Have a great day, everybody. We will be back again on Monday. Tomorrow is our day of rest. Yes. We'll be back 1030 on Monday. Okay, everybody? All right. All right. Mwah. Smiles, everyone. Smiles. Oh, she's sitting poolside. Enjoy, Denise. Bye. <laughs>